Hey everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. This podcast is dedicated to commentaries on movies, and I covered that in my intro video, but just kind of wanted to give you guys a refresher. So let's set the stage for today's podcast. It's 2008, and every girl is in love with Edward Cullen. And if some of you still are, that's totally okay. We can get into the Team Jacob, Team Edward fight later. I'm for sure Team Jacob. Please don't hate me. (laughs) Anyways, when this movie came out, though, I was not working at the theater at the time, but that did not stop me from going to see it about eight or nine different times, I believe, at the movie theater, all with the same group of friends. Never did anything different. We just had nothing else better to do than to go watch Twilight. And I know some of you also did this too, and there's no judgment in this. There's also no judgment if you saw it once and never went back and watched it ever again. And if there are some of you out there that have never seen this movie, I'm so sorry because this podcast is about to be just filled to the brim with spoilers. Just fair warning, I warned you in advance. This series was um, one of those that I actually read the book before I went and watched the movie, so I definitely had a different perspective when I watched it. But I will tell you right now that it is very few and far between that I read the books before I watch the movies. So no one come for me on that. And no one quiz me either because I'm not going to remember anything from a book I read over 10 years ago. (laughs) One thing though, still to this day, that I have not figured out is the Twilight filter. That blue tint. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Don't pretend that you don't that they put on this movie and it was just rough. And so I'm really happy that they gave it the boot after this movie. And I'm wondering if it had anything to do with the budget they were working with, because I know the budget was super low for this movie. But with all that being said, I'm rambling now. I want to get into this movie, which is just a whole lot of cringe and it's Twilight. So let's get into it, guys. Okay, so I just want to start out this podcast by saying that this soundtrack was just mm, chef's kiss. Best soundtrack ever, still to this day. I mean, and I will not stop talking about this soundtrack. Just to let you know, this will be one of many mentions of this soundtrack. How many times can I say soundtrack? (laughs) Let's talk about these actors, though, for this movie. I personally think that Kristen Stewart was a great choice for this role. She's definitely the perfect amount of awkward to play Bella. Robert Pattinson, on the other hand, was not my first choice or my favorite choice. But as I've gone back and watched these movies, I appreciate him more for this role. Kristen Stewart was definitely the awkwardness behind the relationship that they had, I guess. But I think she's just awkward just in general. And that's cool. It definitely fit for this role. I do find it funny though that Robert Pattinson has said that he hates these movies because I kind of feel like they made his career. Am I overstepping by saying that? I mean, I don't think I am, but don't come for me. (laughs) Taylor Lautner wasn't a huge presence in this movie, but let me tell you, that wig was y'all, and not in a good way. He got the short end of the stick in the wig department, and he was not the only one. I think you all know who I'm talking about. But if you don't, I will definitely be telling you later. Uh, Taylor Lautner's final thought, though, I think he was a good choice for Jacob. But that's it. I'll have more input on him when we dive into the other movies, for sure. Because he's definitely, like I said, more of a presence in those. I always forget, though, that my girl Anna Kendrick is in these movies. I'm not alone in forgetting that, though, because let's not forget she tweeted 
oh my god, I forgot I was in the Twilight movies, <laughs> or something like that. I really can't remember verbatim what it was. But still, all the hard eyes for her. We love Ender Kendrick here. Uh, but let's not forget the real star of the show, and that's Charlie, Mr. Billy Burke. The older I've gotten, the more I appreciate Charlie, which brings me to say that this is a Charlie and Alice Stan account. Just putting that out there. Getting it out now. I know that Alice isn't like a huge part in this movie, but we still love her. Moving on. So the Cullens entered this movie with a bold choice of wearing all white attire. Yeah, yikes. And oh my God, their bracelets and the necklaces with the crest on them deceased, just like the Cullens. <laughs> Terrible joke, I know, sorry. But we all wanted to buy those from Hot Topic and be cool like the Cullens. And I'm sitting here trying to remember if they wore them again in any other movie, and I can't remember, so I guess I'll, I'll go back to this whenever we do the rest of these movies. But enough about their attire and terrible choice of accessories. Um, let's talk about Edward and Bella's first meeting that first hello and that combined with Bella saying she hates anything cold and wet this relationship is starting out real strong then he saves her from a van pieces out of that situation oh and let's not forget that he likes to sneak into her room and watch her sleep but not talk to her at school Edward you, you gotta ease up my man and I'm just throwing this in here real quick just because it was hated so much la push just stop. It was awful. On the other hand, though, I would totally go to that beach. Would I go in 30 degree weather? Probably not. But I don't live there, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, we're back to Edward and Bella now. We all loved that book cover that was thrown in, right? Right? That That's a no for me. Hard pass over here. I know they tried, but it was just really poorly executed in my opinion. But it's a good laugh for everyone. Even if you haven't read the book, you still know what the book cover looks like, so we can all get a cackle out of that, for sure. If anyone enjoyed that, though, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to, like, rag on your love for this movie, because I love this movie. I don't think I said that. I do love these movies. Back to La Push. Anyone else think the story of the Pale Faces was the most vague backstory ever? And I don't know if they... I can't remember. It's not that I don't know. I can't remember if Jacob was not supposed to tell her the whole thing just so she would figure it out or if he just really didn't know. I honestly can't remember. But oh, now we've entered the part of the movie where Cam Gigante has entered the chat. Where are my OC people at? I know y'all are out there somewhere. I've yet to see the OC, but that doesn't matter because we're not talking about the OC. We're talking about Twilight. This was not his best look and he was the other one that was given the short end of the stick in the wig department. And if you guys guessed that, then good for you. I have no prize for you, I'm sorry, but good for you. And they teased that wig to Jesus to try and make it look messy, and they succeeded. They also succeeded in making him look terrible. And he's not a bad looking man, but they made him look rough, which I know that that was the point. But still, that poor man, they did, they did him dirty. So in the book, and bear with me, because like I said, it's been years since I've read it, but I remember the scene with the guys following Bella out of the bookstore to the parking lot being way more intense than the movie portrayed it. Also, that growl and that Volvo spin out, y'all. He thought he was so cool in that car. It's a nice car, but it is not intimidating in the least. It was just, it, the whole thing was cringe. 
And that is the word for this episode, cringe. I'm sure y'all saw that coming. But I also, we're back to the soundtrack. Like I said before, I will never stop talking about the soundtrack. I forgot that Robert Pattinson had not one, but two songs on this soundtrack. And they were good. They were pretty good. All that to say, it's playing in the background. One of his songs, I can't remember which one. But it's playing in the background when Edward and Bella are in this cafe. And that's where he tells her he can read people's minds. And then when he drops her off at the police station and she sees that dead body, you know, it just all clicks. It all clicks for her. Like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. I got this down. So my plan to get these answers is let me just walk into the woods and hope he follows me and we can talk this out. Face palms all around you guys. She is not safe. She wants to get killed, which I know is is the goal. She wants to die, but she wants to become a vampire. She doesn't want to just die just for the heck of it. And I know the lines, the say it out loud, vampire. We're supposed to pack a big punch, but they kind of packed a big laugh on my side of things. (laughs) I know that we were all really impressed when we were, what, 15 when this movie came out, or I was 15 when this movie came out. And we were like, oh my god, he doesn't want her to be in love with him. She needs to stay away. He's a vampire. He can kill her. Whatever. I wasn't sold. I'm sorry if you guys were. I was sold in the book, but I was not sold in this movie. Just didn't pack what it needed to pack. Except for a laugh. Then he's got to go show her that sparkle on his skin. But really, he's just sporting that all over highlighter. And it's the skin of a killer though, guys that shimmery skin like if anybody watches uh vampire diaries they don't shimmer yes they have daylight rings but they don't shimmer and maybe that's what twilight needed maybe they all needed to wear daylight rings instead of those necklaces and bracelets with their crests on them or whatever maybe they needed daylight rings and maybe we wouldn't have to deal with the shimmer and all that nonsense but whatever getting off on a tangent on another fan base here (laughs) but i'm confused we're going back now to the to the lines here. I'm confused on how we thought that him saying my own, that she, sorry, that she was his own personal brand of heroin was cute because it's not. But the real winner here of this whole interaction between the two, and I know that it was a quote that was on every girl's, including my own Facebook statuses for months. And we all know the quote, so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Cue the applause. <sighs> and then boom, we're in love. And since we're in love, that means it's time to meet the fam. My only thing I'm going to say, because they didn't really dive into these characters very much in this movie. So as the movies go on, you know, as I do the other three, four, yeah, three or four, um, I will talk more about them because they definitely have a bigger presence along with Taylor Lautner. Nobody really had a big presence in this movie except for Edward and Bella and Charlie. Let's not forget Charlie. But if anybody watches Grey's Anatomy, they know that they cannot look at Esme without thinking of crazy Ava because that's me. I will never look at her the same. She will always be that crazy woman from that show that ruined Alex Karev's life. That's all I'm going to say about it. We have another super cringy line coming into play and that is... You better hold on tight, spider monkey. And then we scale up a tree. I got nothing. I got nothing on that. Besides that, it's weird. 
The only good things to come out of her meeting the family was the graduation cap joke, because it is still a classic and it always makes me laugh. And Bella's lullaby, because come on, that is that is a golden piece of music right there. Again, with the soundtrack, y'all, I'm really sorry. I just can't stop talking about it. Oh, and let's not forget about Miss Stephanie Meyer's first cameo in the diner. Hey, girl, hey. See you again in Breaking Dawn at the wedding. Oh, I just spoiled that. Sorry. But everybody knew that was coming, though, right? The scene I dread the most, though, every time I watch this movie is the first kiss scene. Let's talk about it. Because I still can't really even watch this scene because it's so awkward. Like, I have to kind of look away because it just wasn't good. And does anybody else feel this way? I need someone to agree with me. I need I need to not feel so terrible about hating this scene because granted, it, yes, it got better. Like the, their chemistry and their romantic scenes, they got better as the movie went on because they were dating. And let me tell you, thank God for that. Because if it was like this for four, three or four other movies, I don't think we would have made it. And I know it was supposed to be awkward because he was trying to resist her and he was trying to, you know, see if he could be with her. And I get that. But I feel like they tried to sell just a little bit too hard. But like I said, it gets better. Does it get great? No, but it gets better. And now it's time for Charlie to meet Edward, which means we get Charlie and his shotgun along with him drawing his halo above his head. That scene still delivers to this day. I still laugh. It's not comedic gold or anything, but it's funny. So a good thunderstorm means it's time to go play baseball. So a good thunderstorm, vampires playing baseball, and supermassive black hole playing in the background, golden. Everything works. But what doesn't really work, and we will never forget, because that ain't this entrance. It's something. And it's the trio of James, Laurent, and Victoria coming through that moving sidewalk walk in those woods. I also am not a fan of James and Laurent living by the no shoes, no shirts, no problem philosophy. And I mean, Victoria didn't wear shoes either, but she did wear shirts and and jackets and whatever, so she isn't hated as much for her clothing options. But back to them all meeting. The hissing, why did we choose this to be an intimidation factor? It's not. It's really not. But on to important matters. When she broke Charlie's heart, even though she did it to protect him, she broke my heart. We protect Charlie at all costs. So when we take someone into hiding, we're trying to keep them away from someone who's trying to kill them, I think that Alice and Jasper forgot something very important when you do that. And that is to not let them out of their sight because then we end up with the situation of Bella going to face off a vampire with pepper spray. It's probably not going to work. And it didn't. It just pissed him off. But in this ballet studio where she faces off this vampire with pepper spray, it to me is like a funhouse gone way wrong. And really, it gave me a headache. Like with the camera going back and forth and stuff like that to him and then back to her. And then we had the, the video in the background, I think. And it was... There's a lot going on, and I just wanted to focus on just one thing. But have no fear. Edward came in fast with that flyover. Actually, he came in fast. He came in running, and then we did the flyover later. It's comical, and you, you guys get the picture. All I have to say about this scene is it was a whole lot. From her getting bit to them killing James to Edward sucking out that venom, it, whoa. Whoa. 
and then, and then we wake up in the hospital. And I just have to ask, and I, I just want to know who believed the story. Would you buy the whole fell down a flight of stairs and going through a window story? I mean, she's clumsy. I get it. But that's kind of a stretch. But my favorite thing, along with it being foreshadowing, are the lines, you can't leave me. And he says, where else am I going to go? See example, new moon. But regardless of her being in the hospital and getting a boot on, we still got to go to prom. Boot and all. It really completes the whole dress, whole ensemble, everything. But my real question is, why is Jacob here? It's like, hey, what's up? Let me ask you not to see your boyfriend. And then I'm going to get a weird threatening vibe from said boyfriend and go. I know his dad said he would give him 20 bucks, but that that's not worth 20 bucks to me. But we do get this comedic line, though. I leave you for two seconds and the wolves descend. Boom, boom. It's funny. Everyone knows that's funny. And we end this movie with another great song, Flightless Bird, American Mouth, while they slow dance and Bella is basically begging Edward to turn her. And then we see Victoria make her dramatic exit with her pulling her hair down, and then we roll credits. In all seriousness, though, I did enjoy rewatching this movie, and I know I ragged on it a lot, but for as low of budget as they had for this movie, they did a really good job with what they had. And obviously I wasn't alone in that because, I mean, this movie came out, what, 13? Yeah, 13 years ago. My God, that makes me feel so old. But it came out 13 years ago and it had such a cult following. So obviously I wasn't the only one that saw this movie eight or nine different times when it came out. And that cult following just continued to grow with each movie. And so kudos to them because they did... A really good job with what they had and obviously it paid off okay but this is for real the end of this episode now you guys listen to me ramble long enough and I do appreciate you guys listening to me ramble and listening to me talk about this movie and I hope you come back and listen to my other episodes if you want to know which episodes are coming up or just know what I'm doing I have Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You guys should go give me a follow because that's where I'm going to be keeping everybody updated on what's coming up and what movies I'm going to be doing and everything like that. So my handle is at Movie Theater Mom. So go give me a follow. Okay, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this first episode. I have a whole lot in store for upcoming episodes, so keep an eye out on those platforms that I just mentioned for sneak peeks, clips, me acting stupid probably a whole lot of the time. But until next week, see ya!